this crazy world we live in, when people use the word geek, it can create certain impressions. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream. Let's learn about the real people behind the stereotype. I'm your super dummy Paul. This is Geek. My name is Mike, Mike Burton. I host Genuine Chits Chat and Star Wars Comics in Canon. Genuine Chit Chat is I speak to a different person each episode. A lot of it is around the realm of nerdy stuff and geeky things and whatnot. Sometimes I'll just talk to people about movies and games and comics and stuff. Other times I'll talk to them about music or, I mean, recent one of my most recent episodes, uh, which will be out by the time this releases, is uh, with a, an ex-adult film star, should we put it in that way. Um, so that's a quite exciting one. And I've also had someone from the Church of Satan on my podcast. So it's quite a nice wide berth. Uh, of guests and Star Wars comics and can is inherently nerdy because it's just talking about Star Wars comics and you don't really get more uh, nerdy than that. With me, I'm a man who's got his finger in many pies. So like I'm really into music, but I'm also into films and also TV series and podcasting and video games. So I like everything, which is probably the, the, the big issue. Most of it is within the realms of nerdiness. Outside of that, I work in insurance, which is a really exciting avenue. I used to work at a CD production and cassette manufacturing place. Um, I did an apprenticeship there and was there for about five years. Uh, and I did a lot of graphic design there. And weirdly enough, because it was CD and cassette production, there was a very small amount of uh, sound editing stuff to do with that. And before that, for fun in college, I used to make music videos for bands. So I learned a lot of graphic design from media in college and then also that job itself uh and then well, I, I left that job it was a very small company i left it because i was basically just kind of wanted to go elsewhere uh, i went somewhere and i hated it so i left I had about two months off which was two of the best months of my entire life to be honest with you i had enough in savings i was like i'm gonna have two months off and do nothing and i that's when i started my podcast that's when i, I made another music video i learned to sew and sewed up about five holes in loads of clothes i had um and i went camping which is exciting and then I found the job at insurance because they would pay me money. And if any of my employers are listening to this, that is the answer. I My job is all right. I do motor claims mainly. So it's quite interesting to some degree, you know, seeing loads of photos of car accidents and things and trying to work out who's at fault by, you know, this person, and that person. But it's not, it's not that exciting. It's not, I don't do it for the passion, I do the passion of the road. I, that's not why I work in insurance. I work in insurance because podcasting doesn't really pay unless you're Joe Rogan. Uh, and because they pay me money. I mean, I've got tattoos. I don't know if that counts as being nerdy. Uh, they're Star Wars tattoos. So I think they do count. I've done quite a few other things. I mean, I did quite a lot of rock climbing. I quite enjoy um, in indoor rock climbing. I'm not quite advanced enough to do outside. Um, I've done... I used to have quite like water sports quite a lot and not in the after dark sense. I mean, actually like sailing and uh, kayaking and that sort of thing. I've actually certified a level four sailor, weirdly enough. So I can rig up a Pico and a Stratos, which most people don't even know what they are, but like a little dinghy with one mast, I can rig that up fully uh, with a boom and all that sort of jazz. I can operate the rudder and the till, well, the tiller and the rudder and the rudder extension, all that sort of, jazz so i can sail a boat i can canoe kayak do a bit of indoor rock climbing uh, i like archery 
Uh, rifle shooting is quite fun. I've never done clay pigeon shooting. Um, so I've done quite a lot. I, I seem to have done a lot of things a couple of times. Like I, I haven't done a huge, huge amount. I'm, I'm not overly into cars. I like playing sport, but I don't like watching it very much. Except the Olympics. I think the gymnastics at the Olympics, not just because certain women are very attractive, but like actually genuinely the trampolining and some of the triple jumps. You watch someone do it and you go, what the fuck? But yeah, I've uh, I've done most things uh, a couple of times and I enjoy most things. That's one of the weird things about me is there's, there's very little things that I don't enjoy. As I said, with sport, I mean, I used to play badminton a lot. I used to play dodgeball a lot um, and that sort of stuff. And I used to play football a fair amount. Um, in fact, I did until recently. I, I played a few games with my work colleagues, actually. But it's just I don't enjoy playing sport as much as I enjoy doing podcasting and consuming nerdy content. So it kind of if I get invited occasionally, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And I do it once. I'm like, that's kind of my, my sporty feel for six months. <laughs> and then later on, I'll do one more thing. Um, but aside from that, I mean, yeah, it, it's hand in many pies. I like to, oh, to be fair, nerdy. I don't know if this counts as nerdy stuff but um, or geeky stuff, but I love museums. It doesn't really matter what the museum's about. I just love absorbing information. So um, me and me and Megan, we like traveling around england we normally find somewhere that's normally got a zoo and a museum <laughs> so that's normally normal or, or petting zoos are quite good or farms uh that's normally what i do a lot of my free time when i'm not podcasting consuming nerdy content i'm going to museums <laughs> yeah i did a podcast recently and um they they've they asked me oh why'd you start your podcast and you know just the normal spiel and then it was like so why'd you start the second one and i was like well i got asked nicely he said like, how do you find the time and i was like with great time management and being a night owl, I guess. I mean, genuine chit chat. It's, it's kind of organizing it around my girlfriend, you know, Megan, who I live with, and I've been with her for two and a half years. Uh, God, getting nearer three years now. Thinking about it, um, I asked her permission before I started the second one. <laughs> I was already doing genuine chit chat before I met her, so I, I had that in the bag. That was like, you join me. This is part of your life. Get used to it. Um, whereas the second one I had to ask, I was like, can I start a podcast? But she's like, of course you can. I was like, but it might take up a little bit of our time together. So I've basically the way I do it is generally I try and do genuine chit chat interviews in the evening quite late. Um, that's normally the best way because Megan usually goes to bed normally around 10-ish, whereas I don't get tired until like 12 or 1. So what normally happens is that she'll get tired around 10-ish, we go to bed together, and then she's normally, at the moment she's reading through all the Harry Potter books again. So she's doing that, I'm normally reading uh, Star Wars books or comment, uh, comics or something. Uh, and then yeah, she'll fall asleep and I'll continue to write down in my notebook till 1 in the morning or something. Fortunately, Megan's quite a busy person. She has like a lot of uh, other hobbies and things as well. So it's, she's not one of those people who needs to be with me all the time because if if she was more like that it would be more difficult to kind of pull myself away before lockdown you know i would we both she'd be getting up for work and leaving at like seven ish in the morning to get to work for about 8 30 because it's like an hour commute for her at the moment and then for me i was getting up about uh seven i would normally get up like 7 30 so i'd normally get up when she leaves uh and then it takes me about half an hour 40 minutes to get to work but then for me getting home from work would often take up to an hour just because i go through town which is busy so i it would normally be i would get home to like 6 30 ish and then the problem is with that is if i get home at 6 30 ish and when she was going to work and stuff what would happen is she'd be proper tired at 10 o'clock so we'd only really have like three and a half hours together and then if i and obviously lunch uh, dinner and stuff uh, taking that to account is even less time and then you think 
if I then have a podcast in that time as well, we basically don't get any time together that evening, which can be a problem if she's had a crap day or something like that. I've got, uh, so I've got two older brothers. Well, I've got three older brothers. My family tree is very confusing and I'm not going to get into that because that will be here all day. But essentially, um, I've got my dad uh, and my dad was married before uh, he was with my mum. And so my two older brothers by blood, um, one of them is 17 years older than me and one of them is about 20 years older than me. So one of the reasons why I get on, I think, with the guys a lot in Comics in Motion who are slightly older and things uh, about some of the the movies or the music and things because I've always had the influence from my brother who for a while was basically like double my age. So I had that sort of the generation ups influence. So him and I, we used to go to the arcade together a lot. He showed me all the cool films. So like Blade and Aliens, Predator, Terminator, like all that stuff I was watching when I was like 12. He basically, my parents, I remember, they um they said to him, they're like, okay, he can watch anything as long as you give the approval, as long as there's no sex and no, like no extreme sex and no ridiculous amount of drugs. And he was like, okay. And they're like, but if you think it's appropriate for him, if it's a bit of kissing and stuff, that's fine. But they were quite funny. I remember that I've never seen the film, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, and it's got Uma Thurman in it. And they wouldn't let me, I can't, I think it was a 15. And they wouldn't let me watch that until I was that age, but they were letting me watch Predator. And my brother got me Predator Concrete Jungle, which is an excellent game. But the way you execute people in that is by skinning them and hanging them by their intestines off like lampposts and things. And they were fine with that. So I don't really understand (laughs) their logic. But because of that, I didn't watch any films with very much sex at all. But I watched every single cool sci-fi and horror film for years. Um, So I had him as quite a big influence in some ways. Um, my dad was my dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Um, so it was growing up. My dad was into music a lot and musicals. Funnily enough, his favorite musical ever was West Side Story, and he like he was proper into music. He played music and all that sort of other jazz, and he loved movies. And he got me into Indiana Jones and Star Wars and some of the 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 sort of standard classics, E.T. You know those sort of things. A lot of the Spielberg esque sort of uh, films and whatnot, uh, Shawshank Redemption, etc. And my brother was getting me into the nerdier stuff. You know, there's there's so many random Japanese films that or rather more so Asian films. I'm not sure if they're all Japanese, but like, you know, there's really random films that no one's ever heard of, but you watch them and they're really cool. Like I've just seen like 50 of them and I, I couldn't even tell you what half of them are called. <laughs> I got no idea. I just, they're somewhere in my brain. They're hidden around. Um, so that, that was sort of the outside influence to a degree. My other brother, Chris, he, he influenced me as well, but he was more so when I was sort of 15 plus, he then influenced me more. He was getting me like um, Arrow video movies and things. Like I've got a film called Street Trash, which is named The Hobo Holocaust, which is amazing. Um, as horrible as it sounds, only about 15 hobos in the whole film die. Only. Well, in LA, I think 15 isn't that many compared to how many there are. I'm not saying killing homeless people is for, that's not the takeaway from this conversation is yeah if you only kill like under 20 homeless people it's okay <laughs> that's not where I'm coming from at all um but with my own nerdy stuff with no outside influence um a lot of it was video games that was where that was my first big nerdy love came I mean I read like the Beano and Dandy and stuff when I was younger but I was never like really 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 into them i just got them and would read them i'd love garfield though for some reason absolutely bloody love garfield comics um i've got books of garfield comics of all things and um but video games are the big thing i remember when i was four it was either four or five it's my earliest memory is me getting a game boy color 
which puts my age out there, um, which I'm not ashamed of. It probably makes some some of the listeners quite upset. Um, but I remember specifically vividly getting a Game Boy Color and getting Super Mario Land, which is not a color game. Uh, Pokemon Red, which is also not a color game. Both of them were just sort of Game Boy Black and White, but Pokemon Red had a nice red tinge to everything for some reason. Um, and then... I just, from there, it kind of expanded a lot. What was quite good about the Game Boy is I got the Game Boy Color, yeah, when I was like five. And I also got, I think from my brother, Chris, or it might've been Rob, but from one of my brothers, I got a PlayStation 1 about a year or so afterwards. And I remember I had Crash Bandicoot 2 before I had Crash Bandicoot 1, which is terrible because I played Crash 2, completed it, went back to Crash 1 and it's just the same. But for me, it was slightly worse. So kind of shot myself in the foot there. Um, but it was... They were the early stuff because the the good thing is with the Game Boy as well as I had you know, Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS and things. The Game Boy Advance had loads of games ported to it that were original uh, NES and SNES games. So like Link to the Past, classic SNES game. I played the Game Boy Advance version of that. It's exactly the same, but uh, Metroid, the original Metroid game. I had that, but I also had a remake, which was Metroid Zero Mission, which is exactly the same, but it's a better version of it. So there's lots of these little weird things. I, I used to play... Um, well, after getting into video games a lot when I was younger, when I was like five, and then it grew and grew and grew, um, my older brother, Rob, he also was really into video games as well. And I remember going over his and playing the Dreamcast and the N64 and then the original Xbox and playing Halo on that and stuff. So I think video games were probably the biggest nerdy thing for me. And that's kind of how I learned a lot about comic book stuff because I had like Spider-Man PS1 games and things like that, which... So one of the reasons I think Carnage is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains is because, and Venom is as well, I love the whole symbiote stuff, but in the spy, I can't remember if it's Spider-Man 1 or Spider-Man 2. I think it was Spider-Man 1 uh, on the PlayStation, as in not the movie versions of the games, like the actual whatever game they were called, like Mysterious Revenge or something like that. The end villain in one of the games is Carnage, and then you beat him, and then he combines with Doc Ock, and then you've got Doc Ock running towards you in full red symbiote, and it is terrifying. The video game stuff was the big thing for me until, really until I I started dating, really. When it was college and I started getting involved with women, that was that was when video games took a bit more of a, a backseat, um, just time management, really, and, you know, chasing after the wrong things, probably. And um, I read, I remember reading a lot when I was a kid as well. I read quite a lot of normal books, but I didn't really read that many comic books, but I did watch quite a lot of TV and cartoons and things. So I do remember the original, the X-Men animated series from the 90s. And still, I stand by that's probably the greatest theme tune of any thing ever. Like I know a lot of people, I know Steve argues the Batman animated series and I think the Spider-Man series from the late 80s and early 90s. I think uh, Dave kind of puts a flag behind that, but I'm like, no. X-Men animated series is the best theme song for anything ever. Megan knows it because of how often it gets stuck in my head and I play it on YouTube to get it out of my head. She's never seen the animated series of X-Men, but she knows the tune well enough because I play it so often. It was kind of a mishmash of lots of different things, you know, lots of different sort of angles coming in, uh, getting me into different things. And like Star Wars, for example, my dad got me into Star Wars because it was always on ITV, which for non-UK listeners, that was channel number three. And for a long while, we only had channel one and two, and then we got channel three, and then we got channel four, then we got channel five, and then you know, Freeview and all that sort of other stuff. But I remember ITV's Friday nights, 
it would do like the six Star Wars films and then it would be the three Indiana Jones films before, you know, the unmentionable one comes in. And then they would do like a few other random Spielberg movies and I think the Jurassic Park movies and then it would just go back to Star Wars. So every four months or so, they would just play all the Star Wars films every Friday. My dad passed away when I was 19 and he died of cancer. So a lot of my current love for Star Wars is intertwined with nostalgia and some emotional connection with my dad and things like he never knew episode seven was ever coming out like he died that the i think it was only months before the trailer or the announcement ever happened so for him it was those original six and that was it so i feel like part of me as a person loving star wars so much is probably potentially subconsciously or maybe more consciously as i've gotten older and realized things intertwined with that some of my favorite video games ever i i didn't choose to get what he would do is he used to read the newspaper i think it was the guardian and he'd always read the reviews of the best movies and the best video game stuff now my dad i don't think he ever even played a video game i'm i don't think he ever played pong or pac-man or even tetris nothing he had no interest of any kind you know he read a lot he did a lot he loved music and musicals and all kinds of other stuff but video games is just nothing that ever really um clicked with him but he would always if I would do really good at school or if something was coming up um, or if it was my birthday or something like that, there'd always be a game or two that he would buy me that I'd never heard of that was amazing because he'd check multiple. He'd go, oh, the Guardian ruled this quite well. And then he would check elsewhere. And then if it had a really good review, he'd get it for me. And there's a game called Super Smash Brothers, um, which is probably among my favorite games ever. And I remember he got it for me on the GameCube and I'd never heard of it. And I saw the cover and I was like, Mario fighting Link from Legend of Zelda. What is happening? I need this. And I obsessively played it a lot. And I played that game to death, to be honest. I just used to complete, or I say complete it. It's not a game you can necessarily complete, but I got like every trophy bar, like four, and then restart the game and delete my save data and do it all again countless times. And the game Star Wars The Force Unleashed, which is actually what my tattoo is, one of my tattoos is of, um, which is a Legends Star Wars game. I'd never heard of that when that came out. And that was only, I think it was 2007. So that was, I was about 13-ish around that time. So with video games as well, even though my brother Rob, I used to go over his and play Halo and that sort of stuff as well, my dad would often surprise me with stuff I'd never heard of. And a lot of those things became or were just amazing games anyway. So the the sort of, with me and nerd culture, it, it has random bits and pieces kind of everywhere and certain parts I kind of dip in and out of I've had like a renaissance in a sense of a, of a lot of things like um with comic books was a big one because at the being of the dandy I used to read them a lot when I was younger and I used to read I think it was toxic magazine I think it was called it's one of those is one of those magazines aimed at young boys and you'd get you know two free gifts with it and one would be like some goo or something and then a four-page joke book and then you'd open it and it would tell you about you know, uh, the next X-Men film coming out and it would have like a, it'd have like an interview with Hugh Jackman, but it wouldn't be an actual interview. It would just be asking him five stupid questions. <laughs> like, what's your favorite cheese or what's your least favorite smell? And really random things like that don't equate to anything, but the, those sorts of stupid comics. Um, and then I would, yeah, it was basically video games were my main love from probably from the age of five to probably five, 16 17 and then around the time that i discovered drinking and women and unmentionable things then i got distracted a lot um by stuff and then from there it was just trying to do everything at once which i'm still trying to do uh and sort of bits and pieces coming in and out like for for about five years i basically didn't read anything as in 
like books. I just didn't. And then the only reason I really started reading books, I had this weird random renaissance of books in my late teens where I just read loads of, well, loads. I read about five autobiographies. I don't, I don't know what, I was like, I really am into autobiographies. And then I read five and I was like, don't need to read anymore. <laughs> Done, completed it, mate. Corey Taylor of Slipknot, he has two, well, he's got like four books out now, but two of his books, uh, the Motley Crew, the Dirt book, which the documentary of that book is, well, the dramatized film version of that is on Netflix. Nikki Six's Heron Diaries, uh, Slash's autobiography, I, I'm pretty certain I read as well. I got really interested in, in, this sounds really weird, okay, but I got really interested in heroin addiction. Now, I've never tried heroin, just to clarify. I don't, I'm not sure I know anyone who has, but from reading, um, from reading Nikki Six's first book, which is called The Heroin Diaries, uh, and it's about him when he had a journal. It's my favorite book ever, and it completely changed my opinion on like, huge amount of things. And it's about his heroin addiction, and he took a journal when in the, he was 86, when he was at the peak of being addicted to heroin. And then it's his journals, and then people from present day explaining like his what he was doing at the time and things. And then I got really into the film Train Spotting, and then I like the film Basketball Diaries. And there's just, I don't know why, but random parts of my life, there's just like, a, oh, this year was the year Mike was obsessed with consuming content to do with heroin. So he watched Train Spotting was his favorite film, and he had the Choose Life poster up there when he was like 15, and oh, loads of random bits and pieces. So I think I just kind of, I get some, I wouldn't say obsessed, but I get kind of um, almost fixated a little bit on certain things, depending uh, on random stages in my life and that, that's kind of determined whereabouts I, I like things like the star wars renaissance came because obviously you know force awakens came out and it was like oh shit there's a new star wars film we didn't think we we're gonna get this and that you know reignited the fire because like when i was younger i used to i had like two different of obi-wan's lightsabers i had I had loads of Star Wars stuff, and I think I just kind of got rid of it because it was becoming junk as I got older. Uh, none of it was valuable or anything. And then I got back into it again uh, after when it was sort of the new canon. And now, like, I'm really into it. And I read the books and the comics and all that sort of stuff. But part of that is kind of because, you know, Legends is 37 years of content, and canon is only seven. And I've been consuming all the canon content for the last, like, four. So it's kind of like. It, it's easy to to keep up to date when there's less than a decade rather than trying to catch up over 40 years sailing in itself i i did that that was about four or five years more so when i was a bit younger uh, once again before i discovered uh, girls or anything like that so it was also it helped because when i was younger i had big curly hair and i was very overweight and had man boobs and fun fact my nickname in school was booby boy burton it's i think i'm still that in some of my friends phones as well which is a lot of fun um and I told Megan that and she was like, oh, Marco. And I was like, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe a stronger person. Um, when I was, yeah, when I was sailing was about 12 to 14 or so. I used to have to get up really early on Sundays and do that. Then rock climbing two years, no, three years ago, I got into it. And then, yeah, I was doing it. I was doing it for about a year. I, I've usually had a creative output, uh, outlet of some sort. Like in college, I had a YouTube show of my friend Reese, And then... Um, I did music videos for about two years after that. Um, and then I did nothing for like a year or so. And then I did podcasting. So I've always, I tried to always have a creative outlet, but yeah, I've, I did have the rock climbing year. And fortunately, weirdly enough, I, I was really into rock climbing. And then when I met Megan, she was also really into rock climbing. We used to go to the same rock climbing place I used to go to, but not the one that's local to me. Uh, local to me is in my town or in my city, Southampton. There's one in Southampton, but I never went to that one. I went to the one in Fairham, which is, 
about 40 minutes away or so. And she oddly enough went there, but she lived in Eastleigh, which is a slightly different place as well. So it's quite random, but we've only, I don't think we've, I don't think we've ever been rock climbing together because we started, I mean, we've been together now two and a half years, but a year of this has been lockdown. So um, that's kind of part of it. But yeah, we do keep saying we want to get into indoor rock climbing again. No, I think we did go. I think we have been twice, once or twice together. But yeah, I do kind of have that kind of personality. It's it's like, um, the way I describe it to people is there's like a fire burning inside all the time, just constant, like an actual full-on fire. And it's basically just, if I don't do something with it, it will just burn me up essentially and I'll go mental. So it's kind of just finding ways to get this energy out constructively without just running in circles and screaming and normally that just come it's taken a while to get balanced i've i've had many unbalanced years of my life especially after obviously my dad passed away because that was when i was 19 so that was interesting year or two for me that's when i did a lot of uh drinking and other things i probably shouldn't have done so it, it's that sort of realm of things in that way but aside from that sort of uh, little period of time of mine i've i've come to balance it a lot more because i I know I can be an obsessive person when it comes to things. With people, I'm not. I don't really get obsessed or fixated on people much, fortunately. Um, I'm quite chill with people. But when it comes to me being able to do whatever I want my own time, like my dad had this a lot where it's like we'd go on holiday and he would just walk off with his guitar for like four hours. He would just go sit under a tree and play the guitar to himself. And that's just because he just, that was his thing. And he he's written books and whatever as well. So it's like he would just really easily close himself in a room and do whatever he wanted to do for however long. And he would have that kind of drive. And I do have that, but my mum's quite, you go into the house because um, I obviously don't live with my parents or live with my mum anymore. Her house is like a show home. Like it's clean everywhere to the T, like perfect because she is very on it. As soon as something gets dirty, she cleans it immediately and everything's really, she's kind of on her feet all the time, doing loads of different things all the time, kind of like arm wavy and stuff. Whereas my dad was quite stoic and still and focus on one thing. So I've kind of got a mix of those two things where I've got the manic of going around wanting to do things all the time constantly, almost like ADD in a way, while simultaneously having this stoic focus. So it just kind of culminates into me having about five things that I'm doing to about 60% all the time. So it's that's why I've got two podcasts and now a third podcast on my Patreon. And then also I'm always doing some degree of graphic design. I'm currently doing, ad, I've just done adverts for one person and then I'm doing ad, an advert for myself that's going in a magazine. And then there's the new show that I'm planning for uh, the Comics Emotion feed, the book club, that I'll need to do the artwork and figure the things out, the structure for that, as well as, you know, everything else, reading styles books and just, and then there's time for me to do fun things, you know, like I enjoy podcasting. It, it gives me fulfillment, but when I, when I'm in bed, it's like my general method is okay. So the first, say I'm in bed for two hours before I sleep, I go, okay, for the first hour I'll read Star Wars comics and I'll make notes about the Star Wars comics. And then after I've done my hour of air quotes work, then I'll read half an hour of a comic I want to read, which at the moment is Miracle Man book two. And then the last half hour, I'll read a book I want to read, which is currently Light of the Jedi. So that's kind of, I, I compartmentalize almost every aspect of my own life to be organized chaos. So they don't looking in, they're just like, mate, what the f are you doing? And to me, it's like, yeah, it's chaotic. It's busy. And that's how I describe it. I've, I've described the inside of my head before, like 
you go into some sort of atrium and there's just post-it notes everywhere. Just no matter where you look, there's just post-it notes. And you walk up to a wall and certain post-it notes, there's like an inch thick and other ones, there's like 10 meters of post-it notes sticking out. And all it is, is when I know something about something, you get a new post-it note on the wall. And the more information you know, you add to the post-it notes. So there's certain things like Star Wars where there's just silly amounts. But there's other things where I have vague knowledge on probably only about 10 buzzwords but i have that for most things so i just i don't have a filing cabinet with my constructive concise thoughts on things i just have bits and pieces everywhere organized just enough so if you know where things are you could find your way around but if someone else went into my atrium brain and saw a bajillion post-it notes they would just go mental i love talking with people and i do love um Obviously, I have a lot to say, uh, or maybe I like to say a lot. Maybe there's not that much substance, but I have a lot to say. And when I I love talking to people about things they're passionate about, but also if they're like most people know what Star Wars is. So depend, you can kind of gauge when you talk to someone and they see normally the Star Wars tattoos, depending on how excited they are by the tattoos, normally is a gauge of how much they're into Star Wars. And then my knowledge is, of the canon is quite deep. So I can talk to most people about most things. So in part... It is a nice conversation piece, but it is also, what I think I like about it is that I can make it fit my own lifestyle a lot easier. Because, you know, if you if you just get a random desire to go rock climbing, first of all, the place has to be open and it has to have spaces if you can. And then you have to, you know, get your stuff together, drive or however I can drive. So drive over there, do the thing, come back, shower, done. And, you know, that from going, I'm going to do this thing now. To actually have done it and come back, it's normally two plus hours. If you're there for like an hour, maybe more. But with comics and things, you can just have that kind of manic mindset where I'm just like, I really want to read. I just want to see Darth Vader with a lightsaber kicking ass. And I don't want to watch the films I've seen 50 times. Then you can, I can just go in my little comic bin, pick it out and do that. And I think that the podcast as well has helped, helped me deep dive in it more as well. It's kind of helped it's like a a positive feedback loop where it's kind of the more I have to learn about the thing for the podcast, the more I get into it. So like before when I'd read a comic, I'd just read the comic, but now it's like, Oh, I have to look out for certain characters I recognize or planets and things. So because I'm doing that, I'm going through it with a finer tooth comb. And because of that, I then am recognizing more things like when there's a comic character, there's been a few recently I've just read a comic and I'm like, I recognize that guy. And then I'm like, oh man, he's in this comic I tackled a while ago. And it seems like I'm really clever with my, my organizing in my podcast. To some degree I am, not as much as people think. But like a lot of the time it'd be like, oh, this links back with the, the podcast I did last month. It's like, that was a coincidence. I haven't even read this comic before. But because I you know, I recognize, because it would be, if I read a comic and I had to, like every time a new word comes up, and had to look that up. I'd be doing it for hours, but the good thing is I've got a good enough peripheral knowledge to kind of, you know, pick things out. But with being with Megan has, I think helped quite a lot because it helped keep me balanced in a way. Because what I'd find is when I was single, especially when I'd started the podcast and I was single for, it was about I don't know, somewhere between six months and a year that I was single um, after starting the podcast and so that gave me just so much more time and with too much time to myself I do go a bit balmy because I do need that kind of social element and it's almost that kind of thing it's kind of like with a child if you can have everything you want all the time then you kind of stop wanting it as much because the novelty's kind of gone so I think that part of it is that because 
but Megan's not really into comics. Um, she's into like nerdy stuff. She's really got into Star Wars recently. She's a massive Harry Potter fan, which does kind of help. And she's got into the MCU and all these other things, which means that I can kind of, she reigns me in a little bit. So like with me, um, I don't necessarily binge TV shows that much. And nor does Megan. We're, we're the kind of people that will sit down and watch like four episodes of something in a night, you know, two sitcom episodes and two longer episodes, rather than watching four hours of the same show. We like to split it up and, I think it helps us kind of digest it a little bit and things. But with before her, what I would do is I'd be like, I want to watch this TV show. And then you just spend the whole of Saturday just watching that TV show. And I would kind of, my quest for con- consumption and to have seen the thing to be able to talk about it would be greater than almost stopping to enjoy it. So I'd like watch, like um, I, I used to watch TV series with friends quite a lot to kind of ease me up. But certain things I'd watch, you know, I'd I'd watch all of a TV show immediately and then I'd be like, cool, tick off the list. I've seen that thing I can talk about with people. And then I'd have a conversation and I wouldn't be able to remember half the stuff because I'd watched it so quickly. And but so I think that because Megan does like comics that much, uh, but she's fine with me reading comics, that gives us the divide a little bit. So I get that time to myself is the comic reading time and things. And I think that being able to escape on my terms is quite good. So I've kind of got the, the layers of, of geekdom in a sense in, you know, watching movies or TV series with Megan, but normally not. If we watch a superhero movie, we, we normally won't watch another one for a few days um, or something. It, it's that sort of balance. And I think that works quite well because I think that it can be, um, the term is analysis paralysis, which is kind of like, I, I get it a lot if I go to, DVD shops are the worst thing for me because I still buy DVDs because I'm, you know, somehow I, I'm one of the only millennials who still buys DVDs. But like now because of streaming and stuff, I've got a vague memory of what I can remember is on certain streaming services. And almost every film I'd want to own, I do now own, except brand new ones. But sometimes I'll go into a DVD shop and I'll stare for, I'll just go through every single DVD, but I won't even necessarily want any of them, but I want to make sure. And to some degree... By myself, I could do that as well. I could be like, oh, I really want to watch a superhero film tonight. And I could just stand in front of my DVD shelf staring for like 40 minutes. But with Megan, it's like, oh, I don't want to watch this kind of thing or I don't want to watch that. Or, you know, so it narrows it down. So I think in, in that realm of stuff, it works well. And comics is, yeah, just like, it's it's my own little thing. But because I don't have complete, I, I couldn't read comics for eight to 10 hours a day. So therefore it's quite good that I can't do that because I would. What my friends like to say uh, is that I like to make my own life difficult in the sense of just like, I put so much on my plate and I'm always busy. And like, well, before Megan, it would be Monday, I see this friend. Tuesday, I'd see that friend. Wednesday, I see a different friend. And it would be like certain friends I'd see almost like every week on the same day. We'd watch a certain TV series or whatever. And then other, then like a Tuesday would be, okay, well on this Tuesday I'd see that person, but then the second Tuesday I'll see that person, blah, 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 blah. It'd be like that. And I would never really have that much time to myself um, except in fleeting moments. So, because the thing is, is that if I was by myself a lot of the time, I would go, I say I go mental. I, it would more so, I just get a bit low about stuff. I, I I was very much a social butterfly and I wasn't very good at, like I, I'm not an only child, but I am. I was brought up as an only child, but because my brothers never lived with me and they're quite a bit older than me. So it, it's quite, a, it, it's quite a bizarre dynamic and things, you know, where 
and there's all kinds of other weird complications in my family that I'm not going to go into, but it, it's just one of those things where being by myself for prolonged periods of time, I if I'm keeping myself busy, if I've got a project, it's fine, but I often don't enjoy things as much if I'm not talking with someone about them. So like with the Star Wars comics, I would probably still read... Well, with the Star Wars comics, the funny thing is, is that I used to collect them. Uh, so... I got bought um, three variants of Dr. Aphra um, in 2016, I think it was, by a mate of mine. And that got me into Star Wars comics. Before that point, I hadn't really read any Star Wars comics. So I got all the Dr. Aphra series and they did a crossover of the main run of Star Wars and I read all of that. And then the Dr. Aphra series referenced the Darth Vader series and then slowly it kind of spread. But then it got to a point in 2018, I think. So about two years after collecting. And... I didn't quite have, uh, I was trying to save money and I think it was when I was, me and Megan were planning to move in together. So I was like, okay, well I can probably, I don't need to collect every single Star Wars comic there is. I'll just not, I'll stop this series and this series, but I'll keep going with the Vader ones or whatever. And so I did that. And then when I got, when I started the show, all the, the issues that I didn't have, I just bought and now I've got them all. Fortunately, it wasn't a very long period of time between, but sort of the reason I say that is because pre-Megan, I I would have time to myself, but I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy stuff that much. Like, you know, I'd watch I'd be like, ah, oh, I want to watch a superhero movie. And then I'd watch a superhero movie by myself and then I'd get like halfway through it and I'd be kind of bored. But it wouldn't be the movies probably. It would be that when the movie fit or or even when the movie finishes, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And then you look around and there's no one around you and it's like, Well, none of my friends have seen this movie. A lot of them aren't that fussed. And even if you can message people about it, sometimes that conversation isn't quite enough you know to kind of satisfy whatever it is uh within us as that social thing so i I think it is that my own probably the best qualities of me and the worst qualities all come from the, the same personality aspect you know the extroversion and the confidence is also the same thing which is the uh perceived arrogance a lot of the time and maybe perceived sort of mania or manic when i'm just a bit too much at times um so it's 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 probably one of the things it's just kind of self-inflicted it's like i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to have a podcast that i get you know genuine chit chat normally people listen they give a lot of compliments to it which i'm very thankful for and a lot of the compliments are normally to do with my extroverted personality but with the ability to rein it in and not do 100% of the talking which in the early days I did do a lot of but I've kind of managed to self-manage that I've always been fairly good at introspection I like to think so maybe everyone thinks that but like I like to think that most of my flaws I can kind of recognize I can't fix them but I can you know sort of recognize and ease them a little bit but I, I do think that yeah my own self is a lot of people say they wouldn't want to be in my brain like that. They feel like it's too busy. Like a lot of me and Megan, we've had times where we've, you know, uh, cleaned something or whatever, whatever it is that we're doing. And there's just like a few moments silence. And then sort of she'll just be like, Oh, what are you thinking about? And I'll be like, Oh, I'll be, I was thinking of, uh, this and then this, and then if that happened and if this and that and this, and she'd be like, how did you think of that in three seconds? And I was like, Oh no, that's, that's the main thought. I'm also thinking about this and this and this and this at the same time. And she's like, I was just thinking, do we want kidney beans tomorrow or not? And you thought that in three seconds. And it's like, you know, I'm not saying I've got some sort of bandwidth or I'm even any more intelligent than anyone else. It's just, I, 
in my own mind, I think things are just quite fast. When my dad died, I thought I was dealing with it well um, because, you know, I was I was still going to my job. I was still hanging out with people and I wouldn't you know, break down crying or anything like that. But I was drinking a fair amount and I was doing other substances to kind of deal with it. And I didn't really recognize that until kind of I stopped. It was never like, it was never a problem where I was like, you know, doing cocaine on a Wednesday night and then going to work in a state. It was never that level, but it was, you know, it was the kind of thing of on the weekends I would go hard, you know, and because of that, I would, it would be kind of burning myself out. I'd be waiting for the weekend to just get fucked. And then I would get an absolute state and probably have fun, but then not really remember any of it. And I would do that. I was doing that for probably, probably about two or two or three years, not like straight, but kind of going up and down in, in a way. And I, anyone who talked to me wouldn't know that was what was going on in the background. And I didn't even really recognize that until I've looked back on it after the fact, you know, and I've between then and now I've been in three sort of longish, I say long-term relationships, you know, over, over a year, uh, long relationships, which helped me sort of self-reflect on things. But that I've already been in the place where it was unhealthy and I wasn't dealing with my problems properly. I was just kind of drugging myself up to make myself feel happy rather than confronting the problem and dealing with it. And once I kind of did that, I was relatively fine. But I think in doing that, it kind of twigged that that connection with like Star Wars has always been a connection with my dad. That's always been a thing. And I remember when I watched Force Awakens, I was very emotional about it. I was very excited, you know, when the credit, you know, when the music played and the credit, uh, the opening crawl comes up and it was like opening night or whatever, not the midnight release, but the, the day after. And I was with like, all my mates and things. And it was something I never got to thought I'd see. Like I didn't quite, I didn't cry, but I got teary and I was like quite emotional. And then I just thought I was super excited for Star Wars. And it took a while for me to really, connect the dots because people be like, oh, why do you love Star Wars so much? And I'd be like, oh, because of, you know, there's a big universe and all the sort of interconnected pieces put together. You can like read a book and also read a comic and play a game and it's all to do with this, that, and the other. And then it would always root back to, and I'd always bring up, and as I have done in this conversation, I'd always mention my dad and it would always somehow link back to that. And so I think that with it now, it is a healthy way of doing it because it's just a passion of mine like if someone said to me tomorrow you can never consume styles content again i'd be a bit sad because i'm like well i've got two fucking tattoos and a podcast so i don't know what i'm gonna do about that but like the actual styles itself even though it is important to me to a degree i think it is just that kind of that that degree of comfort to the connection of my dad it's like um like my dad likes a lot of prog rock and a lot of music um and things like genesis peter gabriel uh dream theater and stuff but david bowie david bowie was like a big thing that my dad was into so there's certain songs i hear and it or certain music i hear and i quite like the sound of it i didn't used to like that sound but i think i like it now because it's kind of reminiscent in some ways of my dad so i think that it's it's healthy because i am in control like i'm not i've got the money to be able to buy i mean the star wars comics monthly does not cost much money at all and i'm not like letting my job go or anything else in place of star wars even when i was in my more self-destructive phase i was still going to my job and i was still doing a good 
job and things. No one at my job knew anything that was really like they knew my dad had passed away, but they didn't know what I was getting up to on the weekends. So I've always been fairly good at managing, even when I go mental or something there's still that slight pullback. Like I, I was never going mental, like in the week. I don't think, I think aside from music festivals and being off work, I don't know if I've ever had more than two ciders in it in the week just because of with work and things. So I, I like to think that it is helping me a lot, excluding, you know, the connections I've made and, and all that sort of other stuff. If it's just purely the content consumption, I think it is because it it's really joyous to me and it's, I like to describe Star Wars in a lot of ways, similar to podcasting. It is work, but it is fun work. It's just, it's kind of the work that you you wish you were getting paid for, you know, and the end of it, you know, sometimes when you're editing for ages or you have to read this book or this comic for this interview or whatever it is, in the midst of doing the thing that's the most boring part or whatever, it's like, oh, sometimes you're like, oh, do I really want to do this? Oh, can I be bothered? Oh, this comic's a bit of a slog. And then... Once you finish the comic or whatever, the editing, and then you do the conversation or whatever the goal was, and you come out the other side, it's incredibly rare for me to do that and out the other side think that wasn't worth it. So I think it is a net good for myself, just on the basis that I know (laughs) what was not good for me. (laughs) Like, I love knowledge and learning and things like I, I... Things like like trivia and random little facts have always intrigued me. Like the show QI was always something me and my dad used to love. And my dad was one of the most intelligent people I've ever known. And that's not just the whole, you know, my dad's stronger than your dad thing. It was just one of those things. He was just a very intelligent individual. And you could, like he, he was the one who got me into museums and stuff. So like we'd go to museums and he would just know most of the shit before we go in. And so he was just, and you could ask him like any question about stuff. And he would normally have some vague idea about things. And he was always reading books and whatnot. And... I think with Star Wars, what I like, what one of my favorite things about it is that I can learn as much or as little as I want about Star Wars, and there's no pressure. Like on my work, while I'm working in insurance, I specialize in motor claims, and I'm going into other stuff, injury, property, all kinds of other things. They don't intrigue me very much. I'm learning them because I want to have the full knowledge of insurance that will eventually help me in my career but I want to have that full sort of completed knowledge. In Star Wars, I don't have to know anything more than I want to know. So I can just, if I read a comic and a planet pops up and I pop on Wikipedia or wherever or some other reference books I've got, I could just be like, I want to know the population and I could look it up and then I know it usually for five seconds and then I can put it down. Rather than if someone said to me, you know, you have to learn everything about Tatooine there is, conceivably. From canon and legends, you have to know everything, and I'm going to quiz you on it or something. Then that would probably stress me out quite a lot, and I probably would then not want to do it. Like, I don't know if you get this. I think most people do, where you <laughs> you agree to do something. You're like, yeah, I'll read that comic for that podcast or whatever. And you do want to, but then it, it gets to about a week before, and then you have to force yourself to do it. And you kind of begrudge doing it, but you, once you finish it, you're like, I'm glad I read that. That was cool. But before it, because you've got that time, it's kind of like, like me and Megan had it with Westworld, the the series. Really cool show. Series one and two are brilliant. Series three is not quite as strong, but it's still good. But we were watching it on Now TV and it had a timer limit thing on where it was like, you have to watch it within 30 days. And as soon as that came up, we all got like the second episode and it said, you have to watch it within 30 days. As soon as that happened, neither of us want to watch it anymore because <laughs> we want to watch it at our own pace so much 
that even though a, a month is more than enough to watch nine episodes, you know, it's just one every few days, because we had to watch the last episode before the whatever of the month, we both then kind of felt like we were being forced to watch something. And I think that's how I kind of get away with it with Star Wars, where it's just my own pace. One of the weird things about Star Wars I really like doing on my podcast is I just like knowing the birth years of people. I don't know why. I just, for some reason, finding out how old people are. I think it might be like some sort of vague reference point sort of idea. But like when it comes to like weird enough, spaceships are probably the thing in Star Wars that intrigue me the least, which is quite random because most people who are really into Star Wars, either podcasters, YouTubers, or whatever, a lot of them have quite a big knowledge on the ships or they're really into them. And it's like, I think the the Millennium Falcon is cool. It's a, a Corellian freighter, uh, YT-100 or YT-1000 or something like that. Well, I might be confusing that with Terminator. I'm not sure. But like, I, I don't know the ships that well. You know, I, the ships just, they're cool to look at, but the, the ships themselves don't actually interest me. But the birth years of characters does. So I don't know what the <laughs> where that comes from. If I want to find out every character's birth year, I can. And there's no one that's telling me I shouldn't. And there's no one that's telling me I have to do it in the next week. Like, um, along with uh, Max's show, Mandatory Marvel and DC. Like, I've, I think I've got, I've already spoken to him. I know the next one that I'm doing with him. And it's a comic I've already read. And then I've got ideas for other ones. And so what's quite, for self-moderation, what's quite nice is I've, you know, I've contacted um, various people in Comics of Motion for various different things of just being like, hey, at some point, do you want to come on the show and talk about this? Or at some point, can I come on your show and talk about this? Or blah, blah, blah. And then once the people say, yeah, that's fine. I go, okay. In my peripheral brain, I know probably in the next three or so months, I can read this comic. And what I quite like doing with um, with Tony is that there's comics that I wouldn't necessarily read. If if you just say, like Mark Russell, me and Tony have this thing. Whenever I go on a show, we always tackle Mark Russell comics. And uh, we actually spoke to Mark Russell on one of the shows. It was amazing. And... Now I'm just going through all the Mark Russell stuff. But I, I know what the next one is, but I haven't read it yet because me and Tony haven't done a date. But as soon as Tony tells me their date, then I'll have a reason to read, you know, something else. So it's 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 kind of weird because it does put that pressure that can be annoying and negative, especially if you leave it to the last minute or forget about it, or if the thing you're reading isn't that good. But at the same time, I try to use it at some to some ways to kind of self-manage because there's always that everyone's got that sort of it's like the, um, I call it, I say it to Megan, um, the eternal tomorrow, which is, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And you never do. You, if you say I'll do that tomorrow three times, you'll probably won't do it for a year. But if you have to do it by a certain date, then you will get that done. But it, it depends on what scope you give yourself, I suppose, and what it actually is. You know, if it's reading one comic, it's fairly easy. If it's reading, you know, four books, then slightly different. At work, I'm known as the Star Wars guy. So which is kind of one of those things where like in, in the realm of comics and motion and stuff, I'm kind of known as a Star Wars guy, even though I just really know loads about the canon, but I know that um, I think Matt from what's the topic knows loads. I know that Steve and Matt of classic comics know a lot about sort of legend stuff and everyone's got, everyone's got a degree of knowledge about Star Wars. So, but in the realm of comics and motion, if I was known as the Star Wars guy, that's fine. Cause I've got a Star Wars podcast and I talk about Star Wars all the time. That's cool. But then at work, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I've got Star Wars tattooed on me. So it's going to be a thing. It's going to come up at some point or another. And because they're on my arms and they're quite brightly colored, they're quite hard to miss. And people do treat 
differently to a degree. I think that, I mean, it is a weird one because it's kind of hard to know whether or not it's a positive or negative in some realms. I suppose that the time that, I think the times it annoys me is when, and a lot of people do this, and it only annoys me a little bit, but it's when people go, you know, I don't mean to offend you, but I've never seen any of the Star Wars films. Like people say it to me so often. And I'm just like, uh, it, it's one of those things where I, I'm always smile back and say you're missing out or something. I, I'm not a dick about it, but it does. Oh, it gets under my skin because it's just like, what do you want? It's like, they're the kind of people who go like, I know when certain things are really, really popular and everyone's going on about them. A lot of the time it makes people not really want to watch them as much because I can, the hype machine does ruin stuff. But it annoys me when people try to kind of humble brag when Game of Thrones is a big thing, and I watched Game of Thrones and stuff from about series three-ish, I think, uh, with a mate of mine, and the amount of times people constantly on social media or in real life, as soon as anyone mentions Game of Thrones and near them in real life or they see statuses, constantly saying, well, I don't know about anyone else, but I don't actually watch Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones? I've never seen a single episode. It's like, why are you bragging about missing out on a cultural phenomenon? And and when people with Star Wars, I think, because Star Wars is such a big thing, most people have seen it in some realm. Most of the time people go, oh, your tattoos are really cool. Yeah, I quite like the Star Wars movies, but I haven't done anything further. And I go, that's cool. And then judging on what they say is how far I go into it. Like, I remember this conversation with someone um, who I didn't know greatly well, but they're very nice. And they they were talking about Mandalorian, the end of series one. And they said, oh, when that guy who was a Sith Lord came out with a, light, with a black lightsaber, that was amazing. And I was just like, everything you said in that sentence was wrong. But obviously I didn't say everything you just said was wrong because that's being a massive chode. But, you know, I had to kind of play the game in a sense of kind of, drip feed the information i don't want to come across as a dick like you're wrong about everything but because they were really interested and they want to talk to me i could slowly over the conversation kind of nudge areas there were certain parts like i didn't correct him saying he was or wasn't a sith lord because tr- getting into the mythos of sith and how poorly it's actually showed in the movies a lot of the time and explained and then in legends it's got the world about 50 books all about it and then in canon it's got nothing so it's all this a huge mess to get into even describing the sith but with certain people it's kind of because it's such a massive thing i think a lot of people quite like the facts especially when i've got tattooed on me because it's very rare to meet someone who knows so little about star wars that they actually couldn't even manage half a conversation on it even if the conversation is just i've never seen them still people know who generally who yoda and darth vader are generally speaking and it's kind of, yeah, if people are enthusiastic about it or neutral, I'm completely happy with it. I've only met a couple of people who are kind of dickish about it. It's normally like, it. this sounds really bad, okay? But this is a Trump card that I've got and it's one of the few things that's good. But like the Trump card I have is when people say to me, you got a Star Wars tattoo. You know, that's going to be on you forever, don't you? Like, you know, that kind of subtle judgy tone of being like, you're young at the moment. You may not like that forever. And then the Trump card is, yes, but my dad died and I got my Star Wars tattoo as a homage to him because he's of the original trilogy um, uh, generation and I'm of the prequel era generation. And my tattoo, the Darth Vader one, is of Mustafa battle and Darth Vader. And that is the fight that connects the prequels to the originals. And that's what brings the whole thing together. That's what brings the six films together. And that what signifies uh, mine and my dad's relationship with Star Wars. 
And as soon as you say that, they shut up. Because, because you can't... As soon as someone mentions, I got a tattoo about my dead dad, you can't say anything about that. You just win immediately. And I don't... I don't you know, I don't go rubbing it in people's faces, going like, yeah. It's that sort of thing. It's, if you're civil about it with me, it's fine. But it's it's the things that annoy me is, yeah, when people either try and shame about tattoos, which just pisses me off anyway, but when they try and brag that they've not seen it, it it's like... I don't understand. You, you you seem to. I've got tattoos of me of cells. Clearly, I really enjoy it. You telling me that you're bragging you haven't seen it. Why? Like, I'm not saying cells are the greatest thing in the world, but when people say that, it's almost like they've not only not seen it, but to not have seen any Star Wars, you have to actually avoid it. I don't, I'm not sure. I fully believe anyone can be living in the Western world who is over thirty, who has act who has genuinely never seen star wars on tv or heard anyone talking about it or ever just seen a no you have to actually avoid it because it's so widespread now to genuinely have never seen anything about it and know nothing and i'm just like i don't think everyone should necessarily watch star wars but when something is such a big cultural thing it just make it just makes me go wouldn't you give it a go like just the films, I don't expect you to watch, you know, the millions of series, read all the books and everything about Legends, but just like, if there's something that's that massive, it's just kind of how I'm wired in a way. If there's something massive, everyone's talking about it, as long as it's not fucking Love Island, and I know what it's going to be, if it's a film or a series or something, I'll generally try and give it a go if it seems like my kind of thing to a degree, um, which is most things. But yeah, I think with, with nerdy and geeky stuff, people, I mean, I'm quite open from the outset. I know that the stereotype with nerdy people or geeks is that they're introverted and awkward. And I think a lot of people would wish I was more introverted and actually more awkward because I think I, I surprise people a lot. Normally they see the Styles tattoo and think, because other people approach me in the street and I think a lot of the time they think, oh, that guy's got a Styles tattoo. He's probably going to be a, you know, a neckbeard mumbler. And it's like, well, I've kind of got half of that. But because I'm so out there, I think people, I've seen it in their eyes where they come up to me and they think, oh, he's going to kind of try and shrug it off and walk away. And then I'm like, oh, yes. And they're like, God, this guy's got far too much bloody energy. I don't need that. So I, I think that it, it can be that way, but I, I can't say anyone, I think all the negative experience I've had with nerdy stuff is more in school, more than anything. People, you know, calling you a nerd and stuff, but it was just like, I went to a very chavvy school um i'm not sure how, what people outside of america know chavs as it was almost like a jock school but jocks if they were poor i guess that's what a chav is just imagine a, a jock that can't really afford the fancy stuff they wear for sports that's basically a chav and it was the school was full of chavs so it'd be there's like a group of like 50 of us and the rest of the school was all generally chavvy and so that was kind of it but that was just really that's just school in it you just get Anytime anyone's different from anyone else, even slightly, they just get ridiculed. So in that realm, I haven't. But most of the people I surround myself with are quite nerdy. And I think that nerdiness is kind of kind of going into more into the mainstream as well. People are less... Like, the lines are blurred now, I think. Because you get, like, a lot of... Like, Megan wouldn't... Before meeting me, wouldn't have necessarily called herself a nerd. But I was like, well, you've read all the Harry Potter books loads of times. You've seen all the films 20 plus times. You can name like every aspect in there. You've seen, you've been to Harry Potter Studios like four times. Like you are a massive Harry Potter nerd. But 
but because Harry Potter is so kind of mainstream now, you could buy. I know Star Wars is to a degree as well, but like you could buy Harry Potter pajamas in Primark. People seem to kind of think, oh, it's not that nerdy. And then Game of Thrones, it's like you can watch Game of Thrones without being a nerd. It's like, well, I mean, the it depends what you're nerdy about. I, I guess I I describe people who are obsessed with sport as nerdy. Like there's people I know who could name like every team that's like every year of the Premiership, which team won in the final and what scores they got. And I'm like. That's just being a sports nerd. You're as into, you know, sweaty men running on grass playing with balls as, as I am with space wizards. You know, it's it's not, they're not, <laughs> just because the theme is different, the amount of knowledge you have and the obsession with it is the same. I think society is generally going in the right direction because like, I'd compare it with music in a similar way as well, right? Because I'm into, I'm into relatively every genre of music. So I like genuinely like classical music but my dad used to love classical as well which is probably part of it but like classical music um there's a few playlists i've got which is just violin music and there's a band called apocalyptica that just four celloists and it's just incredible and i love that but i also love melodic death metal and metalcore and so full-on shouting with you know blast beats going on and you can't really hear the lyrics and it's just very angry and the logo of the band just looks like random tree roots you can't even read what the band name is like i I like all of that i love pop music sia is one of my favorite artists ever i absolutely love sia so it's like i quite like some lady gaga songs rihanna umbrella that's probably one of my favorite songs but also slipknot is one of my favorite bands ever so it's like with that I used to get ridiculed a lot for liking heavy music. You know, I've got a playlist on my phone called shouty music because that's what people generally call it. They go, go, wait, listen, that music is so shouty and loud. It's like, well, the loudness is nothing to do. It's really the volume. You know, you could have Lady Gaga be loud music. You just turn the volume up. But regardless, with Spotify and streaming services uh, of music, I've noticed there's a lot of bands like Architects Bring Me the Horizon. And I mean, Slipknot were doing it a bit anyway, but like the bands that were quite in the genre like not necessarily on the edge they're either coming slightly more to the edge and becoming more accessible that well that they are doing that while simultaneously people coming in from other directions because what used to be is the only way anyone would listen to a slipknot cd would be they'd have to go to hmv and buy a slipknot cd or you know prior to that you know cassette and vinyl and things so you'd have to go out of your way because that sort of music would never be played on the radio but because spotify and everything else you've got the recommendations and stuff. People end up listening to music that goes into those sort of genres without really realizing it. And so slowly they merge. And I think the Reading and Leeds Festival um, is quite a big show of that. Cause you've got bands like, you've got like Billie Eilish and Post Malone, both of whom I love, as well as My Chemical Romance was playing there a while ago. You've got Bring Me the Horizon. They were playing there, like lots of variety. And they're slowly getting more and more heavy bands playing as well, especially in the smaller stages. And the reason I bring up that comparison is because nerd culture is a lot like that and i think nerd culture you know you when star wars came out you know that was a the original trilogy that was a worldwide phenomenon and then when the prequel trilogy came out you had you know the people dressing up in cosplay going outside uh, going outside cinemas and things and that obviously still happens now but what there was before was that it seemed just like a weird minority of you know the standard comic book nerds going to comic cons and all these sort of other things and i think as the internet is is sort of uh collating people's interests things like reddit and facebook you know things that have groups and whatever and even podcasts like ours and things like little community pockets that just appreciate generally nerdy things i think it's becoming more okay it's more accessible you don't get people don't get bullied necessarily anymore for liking anime there's just a group of people like as megan she works in a school and my niece is one of them is 14 and 
I've got about five mates who seem to work in schools, I've just realized. So I've got a few teacher friends, one who's an IT, lots of things. So I have an, a vague idea, including as my niece and my nephews as well. I have a vague idea of the sort of uh, culture at schools at the moment. And it used to be, you know, you watch things like American Pie or even older than that. You've got, you know, you've got your jocks, you've got your nerds, you've got your... You've got your now it's it's not really like that because you've got like the nerds, but they're the nerds who just like anime. And the, I think the negative derogatory terms like weeb. So it's like, okay, they're the they're the kids over there who like anime and K-pop and J-pop and that sort of stuff. And then you've got the gamers over there. Who, and, you know, gaming now isn't seen as nerdy because now people who win League of Legends competitions make more money than a lot of professional athletes. So that's a big thing. And I think just rather than being a big circle of nerdy stuff that just kind of encompasses, in my opinion, everything cool, it's now, there's so much of it, it's split into its own little sub-genres, in a sense, which is what I think a lot of time with metal and stuff like that has done as well. And rap, I think, for a lot of reasons. I think rap is generally more accepted than metal is, but it's rap, I think, is probably about 20 years ahead of metal is in the realm of acceptance. But it's that sort of thing of just, you need more people to say they like it and a gr- uh, they don't have to yell it from the rooftops but just being in a little group saying you like it because when you go on things like reddit and you see the star wars subreddit has got some amount of million people following it and same with league of legends and all these sort of other things you then aren't in this little weird minority you can't really be pushed aside and looked at like you're different because when you're then in sometimes the majority or you're in a minority that is almost the same size as the majority it doesn't seem like such a weird thing. And I think that with the streaming services, with Netflix and stuff, things like, you know, the show Umbrella Academy, it's just, I haven't seen it personally, but I know enough about it. That is a superhero series made from, obviously, the singer of My Chemical Romance, funnily enough. It's that kind of thing. With Umbrella Academy, that's quite a mainstream thing that loads and loads of people have seen, but it's just about superheroes because, you know, the MCU, you're no longer, if you've seen Avengers, you're no longer a nerd. You're just someone who's seen Avengers. So I think my kind of view on it now is just like everyone is nerdy in their own ways, be it sport, music. Nerd for me is just someone who's really into something. Um, and I think that the streaming services on Netflix and et cetera have allowed the cross-pollination of audiences and people to sort of slowly find their own way to nerdy stuff and realize, oh, there's a reason why comic books have been a thing since the pre pre the 40s oh there's a reason why the marvel cinematic universe is one of the best-selling film franchises ever if not the best-selling film franchise oh styles have been going on for over 40 years there is a reason there's not just this thing existed and then just no one watched it or bought it like and i think people are starting to recognize that and i like that the social to use a fancy word zeitgeist is accepting nerd stuff more and I think anyone who considers himself not to be a nerd is just either insanely boring or is lying to themselves. I think I would just say to people, don't ever be ashamed of stuff that you enjoy. You know, as as long as it's not as long as it's not hurting anyone, then enjoy it. And if people just if people mistreat you or if people don't get you because you like that stuff, then you're just not getting the opinion from the right people and one things i've kind of said before is this is going to make me sound like an egotistical chode but if if someone hates me gives me negative opinions i don't care what they have to say because if they don't like me then in my view why should i validate their opinion because they haven't gotten to know me if someone that i really like gives me a negative opinion of me i will take it to heart because they know who i am 
So if there's someone who is telling you that you shouldn't watch this anime or you shouldn't read this book or whatever, you have to think of two things. First of all, does it give you enjoyment? And is it, and if so, continue doing it as long as it's not destroying your life. And simultaneously, look at that person. And are they just going around trying to tear everyone else down? And if they are, then just don't listen to their opinion because they are then the person with the problem. Don't ever be ashamed of enjoying something because someone who doesn't enjoy anything mocks you. You can hear more from Mike on his podcast, A Genuine Chit Chat, or his show on the Comics in Motion podcast feed, Star Wars Comics in Canon. If you'd like to contact him, you can do so on Twitter and Facebook using Genuine Chit Chat or Instagram, Genuine underscore Chit Chat. His website is genuinechitchat.wordpress.com. Geek is a super dummy production for Fantastic Universes. Find out more at fantasticuniverses.com and superdummy.co.uk slash geek. You can contact the show on Twitter at Era of Geek or by email geek at superdummy.co.uk You can support the show and Fantastic Universes by joining our Patreon patreon.com slash fantasticuniverses Is there anything you wanted to add? I mean, I don't know why you even asked me. You should have just said, Mike, you've done enough now. You've you've chatted nonsense yeah. for an hour and a half. You've spoken <laughs> you had more you've spoken far more than I wanted you to. You know, if you're gonna wind that back and edit it Is all. Is there out, anything relevant you should add? Maybe go. I should say. <laughs> there we go. This is this is why I'm the best tester for this sort of thing, because I'll do everything wrong and I'll talk for far too long about everything if you're not specific enough. Um <laughs>